It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. And look, getting very used to saying this two in a row, two wins in a row, two wins on our own patch as such, our own geographical patch. Another win versus uh, West Brom, a more comfortable win this time, I, I think it's fair enough to say. And uh, I'm joined today, by the, as always, by the wonderful Paddy, is back again today to dissect uh, what, for me anyway, Paddy, was a, a pretty processional kind of game against, against uh, West Brom, I suppose, looking back at it with hindsight. Yeah, stroll in the park, um, as we kind of expected it would be. I think um, you expected it more than I did. I, I, <laughs> I, I just wasn't convinced that they were going to score, but I wasn't convinced that we were going to score either. Yeah, and, and they certainly didn't look like they were going to score either. Yeah. They? <laughs> you know? um, they're poor. Like Sam yeah. Allardyce is going to have his, his work cut out to try and keep them up. I think the ship maybe maybe has sailed at this stage. Um, they look bereft of any ideas. Like, there's a couple of good players in there, but... They just didn't show up at all. They're like back four dog. Rough. Yeah, they're ba- they're bad back four. And if, like in fairness to them, I watched the second half of the Man City game and they defended very well. They defended mm. for their lives, but they, they can't sustain that every week. You know, you know, and when you've got no out, when you've got no out ball, like like literally, the out ball was Matt Phillips today mm. or yesterday, and and like you kind of are really clutching the straws if Matt Phillips is going to be your out ball. Now, from when he first came into the league with Blackpool. And to where he is now, he's put on a lot of muscle. I'd say he's even actually grown about three inches as well, because I don't ever remember him being that tall. He like he's uh, he's all there now, but he's like he he's he's at the wrong end of his career, I think, for for being a guy that's going to pull you up by the bootlaces. Like mm-hmm. Kieran Grant is a good player, but 
Courtney always had him in his pocket all evening. And yeah. uh, and they just didn't get anything. Like Kieran Gibbs didn't get up and down, um, didn't get up and down the the, the, the wing. And uh, Daniel Furlong as well was well pinned back yeah. by Jack Grealish. Well pinned back by Jack Grealish, you know. And Dingana was back there as well, uh, an awful lot. He didn't get forward at all. So they, it's, it's yeah, I I think it's going to be tough for them. It's the first time ever that I've looked at and three different statistical analysis websites that I subscribe to. I've looked at three different ones. The first time I've ever seen that they've they, ever seen a team to have no highlighted strengths in their in their style of play for that game, none. And when Jeepers. I went when I went digging deeper, I think it probably makes sense because they had only one shot, and it was a thirty yard shot from a thirty five yard shot from Matt Phillips or whatever from a free kick. They had no shot from open play. They had no they had no shot uh, like that in the game. And they create. They had no. They had zero key passes, and that's across across three separate different sites. Zero key passes in the game, mm-hmm. whereas Jack Grealish had eight key passes on his own. So, it was a serious lack of creativity in that team. And you just, you just for the life of you, you can't see where where it's coming from. There's a lot of money needs to be spent there. So, anyway, let's talk about our own team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, I'm delighted we beat them 3-0. I, I mm-hmm. have absolutely zero time for, for West Brom. They're absolutely shite and useless and every <laughs> other word we can pick for them. Um, I thought we were excellent. Uh, I, I, you know, I didn't for one minute uh, feel worried. The only thing I did worry about was the the, the rough enough of uh, a rough, roughing up of Jack Grealish. And I think I messaged you at one stage saying... We need to get this second goal and take Jack off. Yeah, you know, I was genuinely worried that there was going to be an over-the-top challenge, and I mean that was after the yeah. the red card was already done. Um, Sawyer's had a rough one on him. Gallagher had a rough one on him. Um, Ajay, is that how you say his name? The yeah. centre half. Ajay. Yeah. You know, it it was that that was my main concern that we we get through that game then without any injuries, and uh, thankfully we seem to have. Uh, have done that and we clean bill of health gone into uh crystal palace yeah i i think well i need to make a retraction from what i said in the villa view um myself and omar both copped on to the fact that the um bt sport graphic for tyrone mings was wrong it said that he was on his fifth booking of the season but he's actually only I think on his fourth or his third yeah. at the moment so we aren't going to be without him for the, for the Crystal Palace game which is is very good I think it's fantastic um, because look the, 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 the more you can keep it back four together the better it's you know the better it is going to be it was it was looking like for a while that Matty Target was going to be our Iron Man in, in defensive Mings was going to be out he was going to be the only ever present this season uh, <laughs> but um uh yeah look it is it, it's one of those now i'm here i'm actually doubt i'm actually beginning to doubt myself as to whether matty target did, did miss a game this season uh last season this season are we beginning to roll into no one. i don't think he did it's I, nearly I midnight lads it's nearly midnight <laughs> so i i'd leave me off this one if matty target has uh has uh missed the game this season but i don't think he has um it's good to keep that back four together i thought that I thought the back four were, were imperious again. Look, as I said, we, we've spoken about the lack of attacking threat that uh, the, the West Brom posed. Yeah. Um, but they still had a job to do. Courtney House, as I said, uh, as I've said before, like I'm the treasurer, I'm the I, I'm the, the the chairman, I'm the secretary, 
I'm the tea lady, all of the Courtney House Supporters Association. And, and uh, I just don't see why, why he gets the stick he gets. He's, he's solid and dependable. As a, he's functionality over fanciness all day long. And, you know, he just he doesn't make massive slip ups. And that's all you want in a, thir- in a third center half. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. He proved it again uh, against West Ham. Just just didn't make any mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I gotta admit, when he came in, forced him. He played a couple of games at left back. I was worried about him. Yeah. Um. But by God, you know the the last nine months or so since since lockdown and and maybe just before it, he's just I've just seen a different side of him. I, I think the guy is fantastic. Um. And it's probably a shame that he has just two fantastic centre halves ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um. The, you know if he if he ha- and. You know, we we discuss a lot about um, needing backup from Matt Target, and he could probably do that job quite easily. I don't know whether he'd look a bit uh, out of place there. I don't know. Um, he did look a bit rusty when he played at left back when he when he joined Forest. But look, he's come on leaps and bounds. He's an absolutely fantastic footballer. Um, delighted to have him there. He's, like, he's he's only mid mid twenties as well, isn't he? He's only like twenty four, twenty five, um, I think. He's twenty five, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like it's it's like to add, he's the same same age as Mings and a bit older than Kanza, same age in around the same age as Engels as well. There's a nice mm. core group of players at the same age that will blast them together as well, which is good. Like he won seven um seven headers, seven aerial jewels will is, is is what we'll define them as. You know, clearly the most on, on on the team and the most in the whole game. But that's what he is. He's a magnet for the ball in the air. I showed I shared a stat previously, and I've, this is about my fifth time saying it in the podcast. And I can't find this stat again. I've shared it twice on Twitter. If somebody knows how to search through Twitter <laughs> posts and find this Twitter post, it was from a Chelsea analytics guy that showed that Courtney Howes, after the return from the break in football, Courtney Howes was the best defender in Europe in the air. <laughs> Some statistic, though, wasn't it? It was some statistic, yeah. It was some statistic. I'm sure by the end of the season, I think it was like on the 10 games that we played, I think it was up until maybe like game seven or game eight since we returned yeah. after we returned. He was still the top. I don't know if he finished the top afterwards, but the guy's got prowess in the air, you know. So up against the big Sam team who's just going to lump the ball up to, Ke- to Keelan Grant and, and bring on guys like Charlie Austin. I you know I'd like to have a small bit of grunt there in Courtney House that's able to come in and mix it in a, in a, um, you know, that kind of uh, rugged type of style, as I say, because he is functionality over fanciness. And, and uh, there's a place for people like that. Uh, not every defender needs to be Virgil van Dijk. Um, it would be nice if they were, but they aren't. So that's why you need to have uh, horses for courses, different mixture of people and, and players. And, uh, you know, it's not to say that Mings and Kanza can't do that job, but it's, it's, it's nice to have that stability back there. And we've you know, this is the second podcast now we're talking heavily about him. But I think it would be remiss if we didn't talk about Matty Cash as well. Kind of really went under the radar, I think, in the game yesterday mm-hmm. because of the fact that we did so much. Well, we actually didn't. This game, would you believe, Paddy? We attacked. It was more even through the three areas of the field, whether it was left, center yeah, or right. Yeah, I saw that earlier on, right, yeah. It and was then, slightly more to the left, but... Yeah, but, that, but we always we're usually like 47, 48% attacking yeah. left. Like we were only like, I think it was 38%. I think it was 38, 36, 32 or something like that is the mm. way that it went. Um, that doesn't make up 100. That makes yeah. up like 110. We know what you, but, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, so we're a bit more a bit more even. But like Matty Cash is, 
Matty Cash is all action. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's like there's there's no question marks over that sign and so far this no, season. It's, absolutely it's not worth every he, every pound he's of that. Grown, he's grown into it game by game. He's, yeah. he's you know, everybody loves him. Um you know you know, we're looking across the across the team here. We've we've nobody to criticize and and we've a whole lot of big enough to do as we go yeah. further up the pitch. Um, um it was just an all around great performance and the difference being like we had 19 shots. How many did we have the last day? 27. 27, was it? Yeah. yeah. The difference being we got we got three goals. That was the only thing missing from, from the last performance. So yeah. um, we're getting better. Um, there's players coming in there and making us better. The likes of Anwar is really working his socks off to try and fit into this system. Yeah. Uh, Bertie had a cracking game. I thought he was a joy to watch. Jack was, as usual, brilliant. Uh McGinn, fantastic. Luis, I'm just running out of words to describe him. He's just, mm. he's our linchpin in that team. And he's he, he's vital to us that we keep him fit and keep him starting every game. Yeah. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Truer is goal. I felt like a 13-year-old boy or a 12-year-old boy coming of age again when that goal. It was just a, like, you don't see that kind of dirtiness. Like it's, and I, I said it as, as well in the Villa View last night. It was like, like, that's cheeky. Like Johnston must have been swearing in the dressing room after that because, like, that's that. It was almost a, he embarrassed five people with that oh, goal. It was, it was absolute sublime. Like it's just to take Rolled that touch in. and literally in the same movement pass it into the net. Yeah, and that's the, look. I think you know what I think as well, Paddy. We did kind of say it the little bit that I watched of him or that I went and watched after we signed him. I made sure mm. that I watched a bit and I read up a couple of bits and pieces on him. His unpredictability is his strength. And I think yeah. that that's probably why, you know, in the in the Premier League, unpredictability. And Omar, Omar from the Villa Talks podcast made a great point on him as well. He said he's like Polo Wanchop. And that's actually a great, that's actually, he's, he's gangly, he's long, he's got limbs all over the place and he doesn't look like he's moving very fast, but he's getting away from players and he likes to dribble the ball and he's just unpredictable. Mm. Um, and the two goals we've seen from him have been two crackers. There are two goals of the season so far, <laughs> like, you know, um, Everybody says he didn't mean that first one, but the more, the more you see the stuff he does, maybe he did mean it. <laughs> How many, uh, like he, he led the he led the game in, in dribbles as well, which is which I think is quite pivotal because if we are going to, if, if when Barkley is out, and I think Barkley is actually going to be back for the for the Crystal Palace game, I think they said Barkley and Kanza are both going to be back. They, they could have mm. started Barkley against West Brom, but it was a cold night. They wanted to give it an extra few days due to the nature of the injury. And I can understand that myself. Um, but playing Grealish centrally, you don't want him to be your main ball carrier when he's central. I think, what, but he actually, he did carry the ball a good bit this time and popped up mm. in the left against West Brom. And I think that was more because we got the early goal that afforded us the opportunity to do that. But against Burnley, he stayed central an awful lot. And you don't want him carrying it through the centre because, as you mentioned, it gives them more opportunities. There's more legs to kick him when he's doing yeah. that. So when you can get the ball wide to, to Traore and have him attack from out wide and bring the ball in across the area or in at the angle of the area like Jack Grealish does on the left-hand side, mm-hmm. it, it just it keeps, the, it keeps the, the other team guessing, I suppose, as well. Yeah, you know what? I've had a, a long think about you know, and I'm sure we'll get on to preview in uh, Crystal Palace uh, in a while. But um, I 
think it might be the day to give Jack a break for a simple reason. If um, Barkley is fit, um, put him straight back in there, put Jack on the bench, keep keep the momentum going the way we are, keep the spirits up of, of Bertie and Anwar, and Jack gets his break, plus uh, Jack will be back in for Chelsea because Barkley can't play against Chelsea in the next game, mm, so I think I think we got just got to be a little bit clever with our rotation now because we're going we're going to see tired legs. There's an awful lot of games coming up in in especially in the next few weeks, mm. um, and tough games too. So um, use them wisely, and then obviously you've got you've got Trezeguet to come back in as well. So there will be a bit of competition there for places. A um, little bit of negativity towards Ollie Watkins. Um, I don't get it. You know, he, he I, uh, works very hard. I listened to um, Greg Evans talk about him today. It's very hard for us to, to judge watching him on telly, but, you know, Greg Greg Evans went through a great synopsis about his movement off the ball and the running mm. that he does. And you just don't appreciate that when, you, when you've when you only got one lens to look through. You can't turn sideways and see who's working off the ball. So I'd love if the, and this is going back as well, the Premier League are really missing a trick because even you see it in other sports, you can see a, a view of everyone on the field from behind the goals. And sometimes that's a great view. Mm. Especially if it's if it's up high enough, it's great view. And if like I would pay for a service whereby I could watch back, um, maybe a, a condensed game into forty minutes of of that view, you know, to be able to see strikers' movement because you, you can't see it correctly. You know, there. You, look, it's kind of counterproductive because when you buy when you want to buy a ticket for a match. You know, a lot of people will say, not a neutral to say, oh, we get a smack bang in the middle of the field down one of the stands on the side. We mm-hmm. have the best view. That's just because we're used to watching TV like that. But obviously, you know, you go to Villa Park. I've been to Villa Park. I love watching it from the whole end. You're up a small bit high, maybe in the upper hold, you're looking down and you're able to see all the movement around the field. And I, I think that kind of bird's eye view is, is good. Uh, and I think if we were to watch a game in that bird's eye view, you'd see how much Watkins does move around and, and, and try mm-hmm. and keep the defenders honest. I think so. And I think I, the goals will come. Um, he, he's, had, he's had two goals disallowed now, and we'll get on to that. Yeah. But I, I just just want to compare him to Chelsea fans are going absolutely bonkers, giving out about Timo, Timo Werner, and look how much money they spent on him. And he, he's not scoring goals. And he, they, the goals will come for him too, I'm yeah. sure. So when you, when you compare... What was what we spent on Ollie Watkins and what they spent on Timo Werner, which I think was about seventy million or something ridiculous. And and Paddy, I to, not to give Chelsea fans a bit of a lesson, but Chelsea Chelsea at the moment seem to be like a team of history repeating itself. Because if you remember back in the early two thousands, they bought people like Crespo, they bought people like Adrian Muto, they brought mm-hmm. Shevchenko. All these strikers came in and they rolled in and they couldn't score. They couldn't score enough goals to keep that club happy. And they got rid of him. And then they hit with, with Didier Drogba. And they spent big money on all those strikers, yeah. you know, to get these guys in. And, and money wasn't an object. And Abramovich was throwing it around like, like Smarties. But, you know, at the moment, like Timo Werner has all the talent in the world. But, you know, fan pressure. And that, in, in fairness, that club gets gets quite riled up about certain things as well. Uh, like, I suppose, like every other club. But, like, Timo Werner is a fine player. Give him a chance. Yeah. He, will, he will score goals, just like Ali Watkins. Give him a chance. He will of score course. goals. He had scored yeah. goals. He's got three goals against the best team in the fucking world. Like, 
Morjuan do. You know, he he get his chance. He'll get his chance. And and he's his how will I say it? He 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 shows that this team is a is is a sum of yes, we've got Jack Grealish, but he's to, he's, this team is a sum of its parts because in the games when we've been rampant, Arsenal, um Arsenal and Liverpool, I suppose, to 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 name the, the two main ones. Yeah. He's been part of that juggernaut and he scored goals in those games. Games when the whole when the whole system isn't ticking, you know, he's he's only like he's he's do, he's doing his bit up there as well, but you know, things aren't falling his way. He get goals. I, I can see him scoring in Old Trafford. I can see him scoring in Stamford Bridge. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I just, I just think I'll write to the Premier League and ask them, can we play every game on a Sunday night now? Yeah, <laughs> because it's just really work. suiting us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, be even yeah. better if we could play West Brom every week. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. West Brom followed by Fulham, followed by West Brom, followed by Fulham. That'd be fantastic <laughs> if we could do that. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you look at our murderers row of games coming up, but. Mm. Uh, <laughs> But but just going back to the to the disallow goal, Watkins disallow goal. Um, we're going to discuss this without mentioning VAR. We're going to try, okay? Yes, it, it's, it, it's going to, it's going to be difficult, okay? So starting yeah. from no, uh, oh, he's run. His run to the back post was amazing. It was act, like this is and this is it. This is this is the kind of stuff. But when you go back and you look at that game, that's where Ollie Watkins finds his position an awful lot. It was unfortunate. It was a it was a great ball in from Maddie Cash. It was absolutely on point. Um, I think from Ollie Watkins' point of view, he will slightly have to change the way he makes that run now because he's got to give him that six inches or a foot that he can't be on the shoulder of the of the centre half when he makes the run because it's just, that's not the first time he's been caught out with his uh, sleeve being offside. So um, I actually stopped looking at at the replays because I just I. Can't make it head nor tail of it. Um, those kind of runs in the championship, the flag never goes up. So he he'd be having fun all day long scoring goals. But uh, he's, he's just got to readjust his runs now and and uh, and do what he can. You know, he he, he has the pace to go and 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 beat centre halves over over those few yards. So um, let him use it and use it to his advantage and score a few goals it was just you know just one of those things you know you speak to young kids who are always offside and um, this is completely different because is he really offside yeah probably not not yeah. not in anybody's book because he offside but it's a, that's just the way the game is now so we've got to put up with it it's not a case of he's being over eager either because like there's no way with his naked eye to be able to tell from the perspective even of standing behind that his arm is offside because no exactly. matter how, like, unless unless you, and I don't know why I'm doing this because it's an audio-based podcast, but I was showing, unless you put both your hands facing the opposite direction of where the goals are, facing away from the goals uh, while you're calling for the ball, or while the ball has been crossed in, you know, you're not going yeah. to get, uh, you know, your, your nat- natural body uh, positions and stuff like that are, if you're standing square on with your shoulders square on to the goals, you know, your left shoulder facing the goals or your right shoulder facing the goals, naturally your arm is going to come out from the rest of your body. It's just going to come out. That's the way people stand. You don't stand like to attention like a soldier 
Fuck it, it is. It's what it nearly is. impossible to start to run with your hands down by your yeah, side anyway. Absolutely, so. absolutely, it is. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should just start uh, recruiting people with abnormally short arms or something like that, and, uh, yeah. and see how we get on. But look, we won't we won't turn it into uh, no. another bashing because people no. are sick of us talking about Let's those three letters. Those. Yeah, yeah, um, all I can say is, again, they keep throwing that clear and obvious at us, and it yeah. wasn't clear and obvious. No. You have to draw lines on a bloody pitch. And, and the and the line was the line wasn't in line with so it wasn't parallel to the to the edge of the penalty area either. But look, we we won't get into it. I, I've seen that it's 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 crazy, um, and I as I said as I've said before, I know how vector lines work. You have to pick a pixel and you can pick the wrong one, and it can throw everything off in three in a three D vectorization of of a of a of a picture like that. But anyway, uh, beside the point. It's midnight here. I don't want to be rising my blood pressure before bed. Um, the sendings off, Paddy, or the sending off, and then the yeah. one that Richard Key seems to think that Courtney House should get banned for. Talk mm. to me about the two of those. Talk to me about, what, about your feeling about the difference in the two of those, and you talk to me about whether you actually think that they were. Okay, uh, I, think, I think the overriding thing with the two of them is one was malicious, and the other one was just completely accidental. Yes, it was high, it was dangerous, it was a yellow card. I thought it was dealt with appropriately. If he'd have gone in to really do him, he, he probably would have broke his leg because the leg was planted flat, you know. Mm. It actually reminded me of uh, when Bruno Fernandes landed his foot on... Uh, it was actually him, wasn't it? Uh, wasn't it, it was Kanza. No, it was Kanza. It was Kanza, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So similar type of thing and he gets a penalty for it and they were talking about uh, a fella getting sent off you know yeah that's just how mad the world has gone but um that that's just my take on it and i know i'm probably looking at it through claret and blue tinted glasses and i had a good chat with a liverpool supporting friend of mine today who agreed with me he didn't see anything malicious in what Kanza was doing it was just badly timed and he put his foot down to stop and it, it actually ended up being planted on, on, on the leg by just unfortunate that his leg was there and it was a free kick and it was a yellow yeah. card and that was the end of it. I, I could see maybe not in the first initial challenge but I, I could see the, the the actual sending off you, you knew exactly what he was trying to do. He was just extended leg, studs up there's just there's no excuse for Sammy Lee knew he was in big trouble. Sammy Lee was trying to get Jack up off the ground. <laughs> he knew he was in trouble. It was actually a pantomime to look at Sammy Lee doing it. <laughs> They're going, Can you just get out of the way. <laughs> uh, Sammy Lee is uh I, I thought say it was very nice funny. They on match of the day last night they um lip read um Gallagher. All the right. Referee. The referee uh, produces the red card. And he says to him, what did you do that for? <laughs> he says to the referee. <laughs> you can actually see his lips moving and he's saying, what did you do that for? Which I, is kind of funny moment. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sam, Sammy Lee is a caricature at this stage. Uh, kind of like, he, to be honest with you, himself and Big Sam are almost two caricatures at the moment. Uh, you know, yeah. they're, 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 they're all like, we went on about Sam Allardyce embracing change and stuff like that last week, uh, or for the preview show, should I say? But yeah. you know, since he's embraced change once, he hasn't done it since because he's he's kept the same band of brothers around him. And I know familiarity is uh, you know is great, but also familiarity breeds contempt as well. So it's uh, 
you know, yeah, maybe that might be one of the one of the the, the issues that the big Sam has or that the West Brom are going to have to overcome because mm-hmm. if you surround yourself with men who've always said yes to you, you know, can you really bring a team forward? Are you only ever going to be a stopgap? But anyway, we're back talking about West Brom again, and and and, and um, look, it's it's yeah, it's 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 one of those Conor Gallagher actually, Conor Gallagher, a nice player, I like him. Like him, I wouldn't be averse yeah. to. I wouldn't be averse to seeing him on Villa's bench coming in. I think he can play any role in that midfield three that Villa would have. Um, I think he's industrious, and I think that with Livermore getting sent off, he just ran out of steam around seventy-five minutes. But nice little player, and uh, you know he's a Chelsea player if I'm not mistaken as well. He's only on loan, so um, he's only on loan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting. Um, there, there isn't really too much I suppose to talk about the penalty. The penalty was a penalty. And um, VAR took longer to decide whether the penalty was a penalty than it did to rule out uh, Watkins' goal. But uh, it was a penalty, and Anwar Gazi stepped up and just drilled it down the middle. Fair play to him. You know, it was uh, it was it was a good goal. We didn't even talk about his first goal. He showed a bit of bit of bravery to get in there. Um, and you know, Sam Johnston didn't want any piece of trying to take Anwar Gazi out of it because he was coming in there at pace. And hopefully, yeah. that's going to be that, like he's. Surprised. I was last... surprised at Sam Johnson's reaction. I thought he was yeah. didn't show any bravery at all, which I would have said that he was. Um, also thought Anwar led with the wrong foot. <laughs> he shouldn't mm. be trying to put it away with his left foot. But anyway, we won't go down that road. He finished it well, and yeah. uh, he, he put his foot in there where it needed to be. But for me, he should have led with the red foot and, uh, with the inside of his left foot and had more yeah, control. Yeah. But more it went control. in. You, you, nine times out of ten, you'd see that kind of... Uh, approach go over the bar or or wide but fairness to him he's he, he's off and running and you know if he keeps scoring goals keep him in the team absolutely it's a good problem to have good problem to have spreading out goals around the team um 100 well we yeah do you know what let's let's move on we were i was going to split up the the podcast to do just a review pod and then come back with a preview pod for for um crystal palace but let's let's do the two and one what? Uh, yeah. We obviously have Crystal sure, Palace We're running out of time anyway. Exactly, yeah. Pardon? Jesus. Uh, my, myself and yourself, yeah. nearly, like, like it's it's nearly two hours a day podcasting nearly at this stage. <laughs> uh, the way things are going. But uh, we, as I say, we do have Crystal Palace uh, coming up on uh, St. Stephen's Day. Uh, recent history against Palace has been patchy. We've won three out of the last six. They've won two, and there was a draw in 2015, actually, on New Year's Day. Nil all draw in 2015 um, on, on New Year's Day. Uh, but we obviously beat them 2-0 uh, last year in uh, in the run-in that we had on the 12th of January. And uh, prior to that, they had beaten us 1-0, obviously, in that game where Jack uh, was fouled, passed the ball to Henry Lansbury, who still put it away, and then Kevin Friend obviously did his his party piece in that game. Um what are your feelings in this Crystal Palace game? I suppose number one before we go on to how how the team is going to play. What what's your feelings on team selection for this one? Do you think uh, do you think even though Dean Smith mentioned about Barkley and Kanza, that he's just going to roll him back into the team? Hard to say. Like, I know I, I touched on it there with the the Barkley thing. Yeah. Um, you know that that would be my opinion on it. I think I think Jack will be running on empty by the end of these few games. So I think if there's an opportunity there to to give him a rest um, against Palace, that would be the game to do it. 
um, considering the games that are coming up. I think even without Jack, we should have enough to, to have a good pop off Crystal Palace. I thought they were absolutely abysmal against um, mm-hmm. Liverpool at the weekend. Yeah. Um, and they were missing Benteke, who seemed to be showing a bit of form before. Um, it was a red card he had, wasn't it? Uh, two yellows. Red card. Two yellows the week yeah, before. Yellows, so yeah. he'll, he'll be back. Um, but like, they, they looked completely toothless. I, I, I would, you know, I, I see this going the same way as, as the West Brom game. I think we'll have too much for them. I think we put them under a lot of pressure. Albeit there probably a bit more phys- physicality about them than West Brom have. So uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I'd say Benteke would probably be the, the only change that they'd have. You know, they have they've good players there. You know, Saha, we know all about Jordan Ayew. He might miss out if Benteke is back. Um, Eze, who we spoke about in the past, looked mm. like... Looked like a decent player, hasn't set the world alight as, as such. Um, and then you know, I don't know what's gonna happen in the middle. You've got James MacArthur, Milijovic, one tough note as well, and then Jeffrey Schlupp. Um, and then at the back, you know, there, there's just plenty of uh experience in there as well with Gary Cahill, um, Nathaniel Klein, obviously didn't work out for him at Liverpool. And Patrick Van Anholt, we'd know all about as well. We've played him a number of times. So, you know, they're by no means world beaters. Um, took an absolute hammering at the weekend, which would suggest that maybe they'll be looking to fight back against us. But who knows? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those ones. For, but when you look down through the team over the course of the year, like I know that Zaha's got seven goals for them. But like they're they they really they they came out and they scored a few goals in the first few games and they were much maligned at the after project uh, restart last year that they couldn't score for fun and mm. uh, Zaha has got seven and just Townsend has probably been there I forget and you'd forget and just Townsend is only twenty nine and just Townsend is only a year older than Wilfred Zaha would you believe that bonkers. Yeah, that's bonkers. Like their only really, their only real strengthening that they did was bringing in Eze, and as you mentioned, he hasn't really, yeah, like he's 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 been okay. He's had a goal and two assists, but and, and he's been very functional and he's been creative and he's flown around there like a wasp, like like everybody yeah. would expect him to. But they haven't really strengthened an awful lot from last season. Uh, Klein, as you mentioned, was was a, a free signing. Um, and came in there. I think he was training with Crystal Palace for a while before, but he's uh, he's in with them now. And uh, yeah, it's going it's going to be very very interesting. An aging team. Yeah, and like that, I'm not saying you know they, they look poor at the weekend, but you know they have had some outstanding results yeah. since this season began. Like they beat Leeds four one. Yeah. Uh, beat, beat West Brom five one. Yeah. Yeah. So they are capable of scoring goals, albeit. You know, I'd be I'd be more worried about looking at the Leeds result than I would with the West Brom one. Yeah. Um, but you know they haven't. Other than those two, they haven't done a whole pile. So, you know, I I would I would expect us to be looking at a similar uh, outcome to what we had against West Brom, and hopefully we can get a couple of goals. And I'd love to see Ollie Watkins get one. Yeah, and and even though you mentioned that earlier on that you, this could be a game whereby Jack could. You know, maybe sit it out. We could bring him on if things mm. are going pear shaped. Uh, 
are you of the opinion that you you do that that you sit somebody and bring them on if things are going tits up or did you leave them on till we get a goal or two and then bring them off I, I just think he I just think he needs he needs a break somewhere in this run of fixtures yeah um, we've got tougher games ahead like until the end of January we've got a, a run of you know that you just look at the names Chelsea Man U Liverpool Spurs Everton yeah. you know they're probably the six out of the or should I say five out of the best seven teams in the league at the moment so um, we're going to have a tough January so we need Jack to be firing on all cylinders and I just I just consider it an option um, Dean probably doesn't consider it an option leaving Jack out of any team and he'll probably play every game but that's just my opinion on it um, it'll be interesting to see you know who, who, who would make way if you know would he put Kanza straight back into a team a winning team that won the other night would he put Barkley straight by straight back in probably not I think he, he might use Barkley as a sub a late sub just to get some minutes in the leg obviously as we said he's going to miss Chelsea but uh, he'll be around for Man U on New Year's Day you see I think he will play Barkley because uh, the form uh, dictated that he did it like we've just beaten beaten Fulham the next thing Barkley comes in and Barkley was, came in after recovering from a hamstring injury previously in the off season uh, mm. so suppose if he proves his fitness, he'll bring him in. But uh, the more and more I think about it, the more I, I begin to agree with you and <laughs> not, not starting Jack and or at least getting him getting him off at some stage in, in the game to give him a bit of a break because, um, look, he's supremely fit. He's a supreme, supremely athletic. But uh, last year when we were playing with Jack Grealish, uh, we were playing the 38 games plus, plus cup games. And this season we're playing the 38 games plus cup games plus three or four internationals that he's already played as well. So, yeah. you know, he and, and those internationals aren't ones that he could go in and swan around because the ones where he's had to prove himself and the ones where the pressure's been on him and the spotlight's been on him and he's had a chip in his shoulder. So, like, there are 210% games that he's uh, he, he, he's played there as well. And look, we're not sports scientists. And, and the fact, I suppose, as well, Paddy, something that we're probably overlooking as well is the fact that the Newcastle game was cancelled that extra week's break that these guys have in their legs. Yeah. You know, the sports scientists will take into account that. And I put out a cry. If there is anybody out there with a sports science degree, I would absolutely love, I'd nearly even pay for your time to be honest with you, to chat to you for um, uh, to, to chat to you for an hour and a yeah. because I'm, I'm and it really will, it interested would be an in interesting that stuff. chat on, on yeah. this week in particular, bearing in mind that it's just over 48 hours between the two games. So yeah, three um, games in seven it, it, days. It's going to be it's going to be really tough, you know, to to play Saturday, three o'clock recover recovery day, and then straight back into another another game. That's yeah. not something we do too often. Uh, but I, but I think as well, Paddy. That I think the fact that we've had uh, two players anyway, at least Luis and and Cash due to suspension, have had an extra week off uh, as True. well. Yeah. You know, the, it's a forced rotation. I think is 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 what we call it as well. Uh, plus, we never know. We might see Trezeguet. Although there wasn't, there was, there was, there was somebody was saying that Trezeguet might be back until into the new year. Uh, I don't yeah, know. What I read was that he wouldn't be back until after New Year. Jesus, what happened? But no, but no clear uh, discussion as to to what his injury was. Is a hamstring as well, or hamstring? I think, yeah. Uh, in my day, there was no such thing as hamstrings. 
Jesus Christ. No, the scour- it's a scourge. But uh, no, it would be nice because Jesus, if you go, if you could call on Trezeguet, come into that team as well uh, and even bring him in, that would be fantastic. And this would be the game to start mixing and matching. But once again, like if you don't bring in Barkley, you have to, or, you ha- or if you do, even if you do bring in Barkley and you drop Jack, you have to play the two lads and on the wing again. And are we getting into the same situation of those two wingers? are going to just get as easily get burnt out as Jack Grealish will or as, mm-hmm. as Ross Barkley will or as somebody else will. And so I think we are slightly, like Trezeguet being out is a bit more of a hindrance, I think, than we're, um, than, than we're talking about at the moment. But what would your initial gut feeling be about the result for this game, a, a score prediction, Paddy? Um, I predicted 2-0 for yesterday. I'm going to go 2-0 again for, for Crystal Palace. Um, I think, I think it would be an important three points to pick up bearing in mind who we've got to play in the next few games. So um, anything less than, than a win, I will be disappointed, I think. Yeah, I, I'm much more confident of a win in, in this game as well. Crystal Palace's form has been, how would I say it? You know, they've, they've had two wins at home. They've had, two, they've had three wins away from home. Uh, I think their form is kind of taking uh, a similar uh, vain to our own, you know, they seem to be better a better away from home. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to cause too much of an issue though, uh, this weekend, uh, just because I think that I think this team has a I'm not going to call uh, our team, I'm not going to call it a cockiness, but I think it's a, a togetherness that when they're playing well, I think they understand why they're playing well, and and that's been a big thing about Aston Villa teams before. is um, even going like going back years through all the different managers, the last team that I that I fully bought into that maybe un- the last two teams that understood why they were playing really well were John John Gregory's teams and, and Martin O'Neill's teams, and it was because they were both coached. Like their teams, they they coached their teams. Julia came in; he wasn't he wasn't really a coach, and I'm not, obviously not speaking of the dead, but he was more of a um, you know, he wasn't really a. a a training ground coach. coach. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Rami Gard came in and 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 just disregarded the players' feelings completely altogether. Roberto Di Matteo came in as well, but was he really up to it? Didn't get a long time long time there. You know, this team knows why it's playing well and it knows its strengths and it knows its weaknesses. And look, a lot of them are the fact that they can they have that outball to Jack Grealish because he's so bloody good. But still, having that outball, it was like when we had when we had um, uh, Ashley Young under Martin O'Neill. That out ball was get that ball to Ashley Young and let him carry it and take take the pressure sure. off the defense, you know. So um, that's what that that's what's more satisfying for me watching this team at the moment is the team knows what they do well and they know they they're comfortable playing this and, and they understand what they do good and, and and for me that's 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 worth an extra fo- extra five or ten percent in every in, in any game that we play. Um, so for me, I, I'm with you on this one. I think this is going to be a two 0 win. I think that we put back to back home wins together, and uh, we're getting to the stage where we can start talking about well, why can't we play well at home? You know, because if we put back to back home wins together, uh, uh, our sorry, we'll, yeah, back to back home wins. What? No, yeah, no, we drew against Burnley. We drew against Burnley. Back to back positive yeah. fixtures at home. <laughs> I'm, be- I'm beginning to get get like Dan Bardell. I can't remember what what's what because there's no fans in the stadium. So uh, all the stadium kind of they all morph into one. And you're just seeing blank seats there. Um, but yeah, ba- good results, I suppose, at home uh, together w- would be good for for this team psyche. And then we go on the harder run then of Chelsea United away from home, where we do seem to come from the long grass uh, and play a small bit better when we are away from home. 
Um, any other concerns or questions or queries or or uh, insights and in, and in, in this game? No, I don't think so. Um, I think I think what we see is what we get with these guys. They're uh, they they pick up the odd unpredictable result, and I just hope that it's not going to be that way on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose do you know what. Before I did this podcast, I should have come back and listened to my Brighton preview. I should have listened to my Southampton preview. I should have listened to my West Ham preview. I should have listened to my, you know, you know where I'm getting at from here. This is a game we're very much supposed to win. Uh, yeah. We were supposed to beat West Ham or West Brom. We were supposed to beat uh, Burnley. We only beat one of them. We weren't as confident in beating Wolves and we went away and we did a number on them, albeit in the last minute. I still think that this is the game. I think this is the game where the team puffs out its chest and goes, right, let's be the team we're supposed to beat again. And, uh, and, 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 you know, there's a caveat here of, or, or not a caveat, should I say, a carrot, should I say, of being in ninth position, beating Crystal Palace, things go our way, going into a difficult Christmas period. We could be looking nicely, you know, could be, we could be on the outside mm-hmm. looking in for a European spot. And, and I know you mentioned it last time as well, but we're, we're further and further away from that relegation zone, um, which is fantastic. We're halfway to safety, aren't we? You know, technically. Yeah. Technically, if 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 we uh, if we repeat what we've done already, we'll be fine. Um, it's also an added bonus for the guys in the UK this uh, Boxing Day or St Stephen's Day, as we call it, because uh, the match is on BBC One, so they get it on free to air. So everybody will be watching. Everybody will be watching. Yeah, and you know what? There's the time to go in and put on a show. Start Jack Grealish. I'm in the start Jack Grealish uh, bang bang camp now because um, yeah, start him. Go on, put on a show in front of BBC because <laughs> I can guarantee you if we go out and we lose 3-0 to Chelsea or we lose 2-0 to United, the media will start asking questions about this team again. So what they'll do is they'll only comment on what they see in front of them. So get out in front of it against BBC. Give uh, uh, On the BBC against Crystal Palace, give them a fucking good tonking and uh, have the media talking us up for once uh, because they're doing it like... They're, they're talking up a lot of other teams and and without uh, you know naming the two or three teams they're talking a lot of them up and uh as i say villa have been every bit as as impressive as any other team in the league this year i think uh, especially from an attacking point of view but that's going to do it for this podcast um we will be back to you guys on the 23rd i have a little um or not little. It's going to be. It's going to be a a, a bit of a longer podcast. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a longer podcast. But it's one. Of, it's it's one that I've really enjoyed doing. Spoken to ten or eleven people. Um, ten or eleven different Villa podcasters. Uh, in, uh, I'm going to call them influencers. I'm going to call them luminaries. Whatever you want to call them, guys that I follow on Twitter. I talk an awful lot uh, to on Twitter. Guys that I've been involved with. Um, that I've gotten to know. And, and and basically, I've spoken to them about what Villa means to them around Christmas and the pack Christmas period and. I've I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed getting to know the guys and getting to know how much they absolutely love Aston Villa, and and that'll be out on, on Wednesday the the twenty third, and it's it, it's sure to be a nice listen. You know, I wasn't sure what way it would go to start because because I I <laughs> wanted to speak to so many people, but um, it, it's 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 been really really nice to talk to these people as I say, and and that will be out on the twenty third of um of December, a bit of a longer listen, but uh, one for. One of those ones where you're sitting on your comatose after the turkey on Christmas Day. You can throw it on in the background and, uh, and, and relax. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. 
as always. Uh, thanks, Paddy, once more uh, for, for, for coming on. Uh, be last without you. It's been a, been a tough 2020. We're nearly there in 2020. We're nearly turned the corner on it, and hopefully there'll be, uh, there'll be something better. We're, we're back into another lockdown, it looks like, here in Ireland again. And uh, yeah, this one, I think, is, 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 is a bit, bit more bitter to swallow than the, than the previous two. You can find Paddy on at Philip Paddy. You can find the podcast on at Love McGrath Pod. Like, subscribe, share, uh, send telegrams, whatever. I don't know. Carrier pigeons, smoke signals to your friends. Uh, if uh, if you can't go and meet them face to face, do something. Let them know about the podcast. As I say, there might be someone out there that might understand our Irish accents. Who knows? And uh, they might. It might. Uh, you might, there might be an Irish person you know that follows Villa that might be stuck over in the UK and can't come home for Christmas and they might like a little bit of a taste of home. So uh, tell everybody you know about the podcast. I really appreciate it. And um, thanks everybody for, for, for everything you've done. The, the numbers in the podcast are just like, they're, they're crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm so appreciative of everybody who listens and, and thanks so much. Um, yeah, so that's going to do it for today. We've got Crystal Palace on... Uh, what we call St. Stephen's Day, what you guys call Boxing Day. Uh, this is the last kind of in the moment kind of live podcast, live-ish podcast that we're, we're, we're going to have for you. Um, I suppose on behalf of myself and I'm sure on behalf of Paddy, I want to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. Um, and, you know, as Paddy said, stay safe. And hopefully the big fat man in the red suit is going to bring a claret and blue Christmas to us and we're going to sweep the boards against Palace, Chelsea and United. So all that's left to say is up the villa. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.